Thankful for the privilege to be here in the house of the Lord tonight. Thankful for each one of you who have come to be with us. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is the 19th consecutive year that we've had the winter Bible study here at Fairview Memorial. And uh, I appreciate the church maintaining the study through the years, and I appreciate all of our sister churches who have supported it as well and attended. Um, I want to thank Brother Cole and the Winter Bible Study Co uh, Committee for uh, allowing me to teach again, and I really do need the prayers of each and every one of you. Now, my, I'm withholding my handouts until I finish. You wouldn't be able to follow me anyway if I gave them to you. I, uh, I'm, I cannot outline to even suit myself, let alone anybody else. And so my, my lesson is in manuscript form. And uh, so I do have copies for those who would like to have one. But uh, forgive me but uh, for withholding it till after I've tried to teach. Um, I want to I inform you all of my qualifications to teach the lesson that I'm going to teach tonight. On March the 7th, 1952, I flagged down a Greyhound bus on 31E, south of Glasgow, a little ways, and went to Indianapolis. And uh, that's my qualifications. The title of my lesson is, A Country Preacher Goes to Town. And uh, so, of course, I'm joking. But... Uh, I am. Uh, I do stand in the need of prayer tonight, and uh, I want you to pray for me. I want to say this about the book of Amos before I start as well. At the time that the book of Amos was written, it was prophecy. Um, totally prophecy. It was a revelation of things that were that was going to come. Um, now, twenty-seven hundred years later, um, the Book of Amos is a divinely inspired book of history. It's a history book, and uh, I personally believe that every prophecy in the book of Amos has already been fulfilled. Now that's my, that's my opinion. And you may disagree, and that's all right if you do. That's fine. But uh, thankful for the opportunity to stand before you all. And I'll try to get started. I'm not going to read any particular passage of Scripture to start with, but uh, we all know that the writer of the book is Amos. The name Amos means burden or burden bearer. And certainly Amos had a burden. The Lord laid a burden upon him. And uh, his burden was to deliver God's message the message that God had given him to Israel and Judah and the surrounding uh, heathen nations. And um, so Amos was born in Judah, of course, but he, uh, God called him and sent him to uh, uh, Israel. Judah was in the southern kingdom, and Israel was the northern kingdom. 
And uh, so <clears throat> the message that God gave him, and I, I've wondered, you know, why he did that, why he sent him up there, but he had a reason for it. Um, you know, Jesus said that a prophet is without uh, honor except in his own country. And I didn't quote that right, I know. But anyway, uh, in your hometown, a lot of times you don't have the respect of people that you might have in an, a distant town. Now, I'm not saying that's why that God did that, but uh, he had a reason for sending him to, to uh, Israel. And he was to deliver the message in the king's chapel in Bethel. Uh, Bethel, as uh, most of you remember, I'm sure, uh, Jacob, when he was fleeing from his brother Esau, stopped one night and uh, gathered some stones for a pillow and laid down to sleep. And while he was sleeping, he dreamed. And he dreamed, uh, uh, in the dream he saw a ladder that was set upon the earth that reached into heaven. And the angels were ascending and descending upon the ladder. But when he woke up, he said, this is a dreadful place. He said, this is none other than the house of God. And uh, so uh, he, he called the name of that place Bethel. And uh, so that's where uh, God told Amos to go and uh, to deliver the message that he had for them. And uh, although uh, God sent him to Israel, the message was not for Israel alone. It was for Judah as well as Israel, and also for, as I said earlier, the surrounding heathen nations. And uh, so... These heathen nations, they were morally corrupt. And uh, these nations, uh, they were not under the covenant agreement that God had made with Israel. Moses, you know, was, went up on the mountain and, and uh, communed with God. And God told him to go down and tell the children of Israel, uh, if you will keep these commandments uh, that I have given... Uh, he said, you'll be my people and I'll be your God. And uh, so they agreed. They said, whatsoever uh, the Lord has said, we will do. We will do. And so they entered into a covenant agreement with God. And at that time, uh, it was just the children of Israel. It wasn't... Uh, divided at that time. They were all together as one family. But uh, anyway, um, they were not bound by the commandments that they were bound by. And uh, as a result of that, um, there was every kind of sin that you could think of that was uh, abounding in the land at that time including idolatry. And uh, so the book of Amos, I want to say this, the book of Amos is not the gospel of Amos. The gospel, the word gospel means good news. There's not very much good news in the book of Amos. The book of Amos is a book of judgment. It is... Uh, God's uh, revealing His uh, judgment upon uh, these nations uh, as well as the children of Israel. Um, as I said, this book is about the anger and the judgment of God. 
that was coming upon these people and these nations because of their social, moral, political, economic, and religious practices. Uh, I really do believe that God holds nations responsible for their actions. I believe He holds leaders, kings, uh, presidents. Uh, I believe He holds them responsible for their actions as well. The Lord, <clears throat> He pleaded with the house of Israel and uh, uh, through Amos to seek the Lord. And He said, and ye shall live. And that wasn't having reference to eternal life. That was having reference to survival. Um, he said, seek me, not Bethel and not Gilgal. Because these were the, the seats <clears throat> of idolatry at that time. And that's what they were doing. They were... Uh, uh, neglecting the commandments of God, the covenant that they made with God, and uh, they were uh, participating uh, in uh, idolatry. And so God, He was not pleased with that. And He warned them about the judgment that was going to come. We uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll, <clears throat> I'll read a verse of Scripture in a little bit where the Lord said that very thing that uh, He would warn before He um, executed judgment. And uh, so anyway, uh, he, Amos pleaded with these uh, nations of people to seek God, to return to God and seek after Him. And He said uh, uh, to, for them to seek the One who created all things. Don't, don't seek for Bethel or Gilgal, but seek the One that created all things. And He said, the Lord is His name. He identified Him. Now, he said, seek good and not evil that ye may live. So the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as ye have spoken. So again, he, uh, he was pleading with them to uh, come back to uh, serving the true and the living God. Now the scripture says, and I'm going to emphasize this, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Again, the Bible says righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And again, he says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Uh, and so, there is national accountability before God. Uh, I think that our nation is in danger of experiencing the judgment of God because I think that we have strayed from uh, the teachings of the Bible and, and the principles upon which we were founded. But anyway... This book of prophecy is not very long. It's only nine chapters. And I thought about Brother Hicks the other night. He was complaining about his, his assignment just being one chapter. Uh, but uh, I've got nine chapters, and you can't get it all in 40 minutes, you know. So he really wasn't complaining. But anyway, this chapter is not very long. And neither is it minor. It's not, 
it's not uh, less important than Isaiah or Jeremiah or any other book of the Bible. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh, and uh, the Bible says, holy men of God in olden time, uh, the words that they spoke, uh, it didn't come from man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so this book uh, was divinely inspired. It was the Word of God, and it was directed toward Israel, Judah, and those seven nations, and I might say the rest of the world as well. Because God has jurisdiction all over the universe. He created it, He brought it into existence, and all men are subject to answer to God. So, Amos lived during the days of when Uzziah was the king of Judah. Jeroboam II was the king of Israel. And uh, the Bible said this uh, took place uh, two years before the earthquake mentioned in Zechariah 14 and 5. Now, I don't know a thing no more about that earthquake, except that the Bible mentions that there was an earthquake. But this does allow us to identify the time period uh, that it took place. This was about 750 B.C., give or take a few years. I don't, I, I don't think that date is exact, but anyway, uh, it was about that time. Uh, for those of you who are interested in this, um, uh, more information can be found on Jeroboam's reign in 2 Kings 14, 23 through 29. And more information can be found about the religious condition of those nations at that time in 2 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 23. Amos indeed was a country preacher. Uh, his home was Tekoa, about 12 miles south of, of uh, Jerusalem and about 6 miles south of Bethlehem. Tekoa was a defense city. It was built by Jeroboam II to protect Jerusalem. And the re scripture reference is 2 Chronicles chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. And by defense city, I mean that the town was situated uh, on a ridge or a hill from which surveillance could be maintained in all directions. Defense cities were fortified strongholds. They were stocked with weapons and supplies. And because of the city's elevation, it was a perfect location for a signal station for the purpose of sounding the trumpet and giving uh, messages uh, to the people in the countryside. Uh, there's an example of that in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 1. And it, uh, it says specifically to sound the trumpet in Tekoa. So it was a uh, it was a, a place that was built um, for surveillance and for the protection of Jerusalem. Uh, southward from Tekoa, all the way to the Dead Sea, was a wilderness. And Amos was one of the many herdsmen uh, and shepherds that grazed their flocks and herds uh, in that wilderness. In the summertime, he also gathered sycamore fruit. And from what I was able to ascertain, uh, sycamore fruit was a variety of figs that was grown on scrubby fig trees 
in the wilderness, of the sandy soil in the wilderness um, was uh, suitable for uh, growing these, uh, this particular variety of figs. Now, it appears at that time both Israel and Judah were prospering. Things were going pretty good. And uh, so God, uh, he sent this message to them. And this is what he charged Judah with despising the law of the Lord. And he, dis he charged Israel with profaning God's holy name. You know, the uh, covenant agreement that they entered into. God said, Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt make unto thee no graven image. You know. Uh, thou shalt not bow down before it or worship it. You know? He said, For I'm a jealous God. And uh, he said, I visit the iniquity of the fathers and mothers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. So, uh, uh, he charged them with despising the law of God. Uh, in other words, they were not keeping it. He charged them with it, and they, yet they were not keeping it. And uh, uh, I, uh, Israel, uh, they uh, uh, profaned God's holy name. I suppose they did that in many ways, but one of which is mentioned in the book of, of uh, Amos. Uh, a father and a son uh, having an affair with the same woman. See, and the Bible says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Uh, and so that was just one of the things that was mentioned. But of all the offenses... Uh, you know, they were not minor discretions. Uh, it wasn't, you know, that they just uh, uh, exercised poor judgment, you know. It wasn't simple little things that they did that upset God so much. Um, uh, they were major discretions, or transgressions, I mean. They were major transgressions that they were committing. And, uh, you know, we can take this to heart today. We can understand that these things displease God and that He expects us, uh, especially those of us who are Christians, uh, you know, to live better than that uh, and to conduct our uh, lives in a way that will not dishonor God. So, um, hear the word of the Lord that I have spoken unto you, O children of Israel, says uh, the Lord in the third chapter of, of uh, Amos. Um, let me read that again. Hear the word of the Lord that I have spoken unto you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up out of the land of Egypt. Now the whole family, the, the, the children of Jacob, they were not divided at this time. Twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And he said, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Now you just stop and think about this for a moment. The, uh, the nation of Israel is the only people that God ever referred to as the children of God. In I'm talking about at that time. The rest of the nations were all considered heathens. And that one family, they were the children of God. And so, uh, he says, therefore I will punish you for all of your iniquities. 
Uh, he said, I will not turn away punishment thereof. So he was sending this message. Amos was reminding them of the things that they were doing that displeased God. And he said, God said, I will punish you for this. I will not turn away from the punishment thereof. And you know, the Bible does say in the New Testament, and I believe Jesus uttered the words, to whom much is given, much is required. And so that was true of Israel. Also in the third chapter of Amos, he set forth some metaphors that would cause them to think and consider um, the judgment that God had made, His indictment against them. Um, uh, not only, you know, the uh, accusation against them, but also the punishment that they were going to endure and the devastation that it was going to cause because of God's judgment upon them. And it was indeed because of their sinful living. Their sinful living. Uh, so as in other places, the Lord begins to reason with them. You know, Isaiah said, Come, let us reason together, saith the Lord. And at other, in other places, the Lord reasoned with people. So he asked the question, can two walk together except they be agreed? Now two people could walk down the road side by side and, and hate each other and not be agreed on anything. But you can't walk down the road side by side and be in harmony, you know, unless you agree. You have to agree with God. You know, if you're going to, uh, going to walk with God, you have to be in an agreement with God. You have to have harmony with God. Uh, he asked them this question. Now, he was saying, you think about this. Can you walk with God and not be in agreement with Him? And then he asked this question. Will a, a lion roar in the forest if he have no prey? Well, of course not. If a lion is looking for a prey, he sneaks through the forest, doesn't make any noise at all, he doesn't stop every few minutes and roar, that would scare the prey away. But he makes no noise whatsoever. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, this was one of the things they were considered. Think about it. Will a lion roar in the forest if he has no prey? No, he doesn't do that. He waits till he has the prey, the prey, and then he roars, you know. Um, so he said, Can a bird fall into a snare where there's no gin? Well, or no trap for. Of course, a bird cannot fall into a trap if there is no trap. And then he said, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? And of course, that was the purpose of blowing the trumpet in the city, to warn people, so they would take notice, and so they would, would uh, be afraid. So... Uh, I also want to remind us again of the words that Amos started out with. He said, uh, The Lord will roar from Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem, and the inhabitants of the shepherds shall mourn, and the top of Carmen shall wither. So I can, in my mind, I can hear Amos saying, the Lord, one of these days, is going to roar out of Zion. You know, and uh, all of you people are going to mourn because of the way you've been living. And uh, uh, you uh, won't prosper anymore. I said they appeared to be prosperous. 
But uh, he said that the shepherds were going to mourn, and uh, the top of Carmel, which I think he's having reference to their their commerce, their businesses, uh, uh, that it would wither. You know, I, I called it a recession. You know, I think Isaiah saying there's a recession's on the way. Everything's been so good, but things are about to change. And so, uh, from that point on, the message from Isaiah was not, uh, I said Isaiah, the message from Amos was not just the words of Amos. They were, thus saith the Lord. Forty-one times in this nine uh, chapters of Amos, he said, thus saith the Lord. Now, he was preaching God's message, you know. And so, they should have taken notice. Um, He also told them, he said, I will not turn away from my anger. I will punish your transgression." Now that that statement from my anger, I inserted that. But that's what it was having reference to, the anger of God. He said, I will punish your transgressions. And Amos used the phrase, well, I've already said that. Now, listen, here's this verse I referred to a while ago. Surely the Lord will do nothing but he revealeth his secrets uh, unto his servants, the prophets. You know, God always warned people. He's still warning people today, you know, of the the, uh, judgment and of the sin and of the punishment that's going to come to those who fail to heed the Word of God. So, he said, uh, well, I'm, I'll just move on. I won't comment on that any further. Um, he said, if they don't take heed, he said, it'll be like a shepherd uh, taking uh finding what's left of the prey that a lion has has killed. Uh, In fact, he says it like this. Um, Thus saith the Lord, as the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion two legs, or a piece of an ear, or shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of the bed and in Damascus in a couch. So he says, uh, you know, be bad for a shepherd to go out in the field and he'd find one of his sheep that had been uh, destroyed by a lion. And all that's left uh, is uh, his legs or maybe an ear or, you know, something like that. And uh, so he was warning them of the desolation and the destruction that was going to come. It's interesting, I think, that the message of judgment and punishment was primarily for the nation and kingdom of Israel and Judah, but uh, the whole family... I may read that again. It is interesting that the message of judgment and punishment was primarily for the northern kingdom of Israel and southern kingdom of Judah. That is the whole family of Jacob. The nation of Israel was the only nation as ever known as God's people. I've already covered that. And uh, um, the earth is the Lord's. Of course, we know that. 
and the fullness thereof. But the Lord judged not only Judah and Israel, but he judged seven other nations that were heathens. Uh, they were Syria, uh, Philistia, Phoenicia, Edom, Ammon, and Moab. Uh, he passed judgment upon them because of their wicked ways as well. Now, uh, when Amos arrived at Bethel, um, where the Lord had sent him, he began to identify the sins of Israel and Judah and the punishment that would follow. And he was met with opposition. They didn't want to hear it. Amaziah was the high priest in Bethel. Uh, he was the uh, high priest of the of the caves, or the golden caves, I guess you'd call him. Uh, and so he sent to uh, King uh, Jeroboam II, and he informed him that Amos was up there from Tekoa. Uh, and he called him a seer. Um, in the, the Old Testament, seers were those who revealed secrets that God had showed them. And certainly Amos was a seer. Um, and he said he's up here making all kinds of prophecies and saying that Jeroboam is going to be killed by the sword and Israel is going into captivity. And uh, so... Uh, Amos, uh, Amos was a seer, wasn't he? God had showed him these things. He didn't just dream them up. Uh, God showed him what he was going to do to these nations. And he was going to give them warning. And so, um, Am Amaziah, he suggested that Amos go back to Judah eat his own bread and prophesy there, and to prophesy not again here at Bethel. Didn't warn him there. The world today, you know, they don't want to hear what God has to say. They, you, uh, you just stay out of our town, you know. We don't want it. So the priest Amaziah said, you go home. You go home. You preach to your own people. We don't want to hear it. And uh, he said, this is the king's chapel. This is the king's court. And it was. It wasn't God's. It was the king's. Because he is the one that uh, he uh, set up uh, calf worship, idolatry in Bethel and in Dan. His excuse was, he said to the people, now he had an ulterior motive, he didn't tell them the truth to start with, but he told them, he said, you know, it's just too hard on you guys to go back to Jerusalem to worship. I'm going to set up a place here in Bethel and Dan where you can worship, you know, and not have to make that long journey. And uh, so that's what he did. But the true motive behind that was, uh, he said to himself, if they go back to, to Jerusalem to worship, uh, it won't be long where they'll be moving back to Jerusalem. And so he set up a convenient place. Convenience has caused a lot of people to stray from God. Just plain convenience. You know, do it for convenience. Uh, we don't want to be, don't want to uh, experience any inconvenience. You know, to worship God. So, uh, I think this got on Amos' skin. You know, kind of irritated him, I believe, from the way I read it. 
he, uh, he says to Amaziah, he said, I was no prophet, and neither was I a prophet's son. He, uh, he said, I was a herdsman. I was a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. So Amos had a divine call from God to spread the message of God and to warn people of their wicked ways. I believe God still gives men a divine call to preach His Word. Uh, Amos said to Amaziah, Amaziah, Thou sayest prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word. And I think that's uh, that word drop there uh, is like a faucet dripping. It's a drip, you know. It drip, 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 drip. It just keeps on. It just keeps on. And that's what Amos did. Uh, he just kept dropping the word of God uh, to those people. Uh, yeah, they tried to shut it off and couldn't. I've got a faucet in my kitchen right now that uh, does that very thing. And uh, some of these days I'm going to fix it. He said, Thus saith the Lord, His message, he said, you're not opposing me, you're opposing God. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, he said, and I think this is the proof that he was providing to Amaziah, that this was from God. He said, your wife will become a harlot, and your sons and your daughters will be killed and Israel shall be captured. Now that's the, that will be the proof for you that what I'm telling you is the truth. All right, I don't know how long have I been. Anybody have any idea? I got about three minutes. Okay. Amos really did have a burden, and uh, he lamented for them. He pleaded with them to give up idolatry and to seek the Lord and to keep the covenant that they made with Israel, and they wouldn't do it. So he said, uh, you know, several verses of Scripture, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord, or I think it had reference to the coming of the Messiah. He said, to what end is it for you? The way you're living, this is my commentary, the way you're living, shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light? And then he said to them, Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion, that lie upon beds of ivory, and stretch themselves upon couches. Therefore they shall go into captivity with the first that go captive, and the banqueting of them that stretch themselves shall be removed. The banqueting, the rejoicing, the big time, you know. And then Amos said that the Lord showed him. And behold, the Lord stood on a wall made by a plumb line. He had a plumb line in his hand. You know, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And uh, uh, Amos said, the Lord said, Behold, I set a plumb line in the midst of my people. I'll not pass by them anymore. And the plumb line was God's straight edge. And I want to tell you that Jesus is God's straight edge. And uh, so, um, sometimes we need God's straight edge, God's truth to show us how crooked we are.
And he said, Thus saith the Lord, The Lord showed me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And uh, then said the Lord unto me, The end is come upon my people. I will not pass by them anymore. Summer fruit represented the last opportunity, the last chance uh, that they had to escape the judgment of God. And then he said, Behold, the days come. Well, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. I'll send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. Now, I don't know that I'm right about this, but I think that may have had reference to the 400 years of silence that followed the book of Malachi. It sure was a famine of the Word of God. No message from heaven from 400, for 400 years. And no prophet spoke for the Lord. During that time, the ten tribes lost their identity. No genealogies were kept. They're referred to as the ten lost tribes of Israel. You can't trace them. They have no way of identifying themselves, even today. But there is some good news right at the end of this chapter. And uh, uh, he said, In the day, or he, he said, In that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen. Some say this refers to the millennial kingdom, but I say it refers to the messianic kingdom. It has reference to the time when Jesus Christ would come to this earth, would establish His kingdom. And His kingdom... He said, it's not of this world. It was a spiritual kingdom. And uh, his kingdom uh, is still in the world today. And uh, so anyway, uh, although without a king, Judah, the tribe of Judah, they maintained their history, or at least their genealogies, And today, we can trace the bloodline of Jesus Christ and know that He is the Messiah. He is of the tribe of Judah, of the bloodline of David. In fact, He is the Son of David. He's called the Son of David. He's also called the Lord of David. And... uh, He is the line of the tribe of Judah. And uh, remember, we started out by saying, Amos told them, the Lord is going to roar out of Jerusalem. And uh, so, He is the line of the tribe of Judah. Uh, He is uh, the Lamb of God. He's the sacrifice of God that God made for our sins. He is the sacrifice that God made for our sins. And this is how it happened, and I'm done. Uh, I know I've been scattered, and I've stuttered and stammered. But uh, uh, when you get these handouts, and you sit down and you read it, and you see if it don't make sense, See if it don't make sense. And uh, so this is the way that uh, that that uh, the day uh, that he said he would raise up the tabernacle of David that was fallen. One day there was a, a fellow came out of the wilderness of Judea, and he was wearing. Uh, 
skins, and, and um, he didn't look very much like a preacher, I don't guess. His meat was locusts and wild honey. But he came out of the wilderness and he began to cry. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he made ready a people for the Lord, for Jesus. There was a virgin girl of the house and lineage of David. The Holy Ghost overshadowed her. And she conceived and gave birth to a baby boy. And they called him Jesus. He was God's son. And he established his spiritual kingdom. We know it as the church. And so the decision, you know, that the church in Jerusalem made, recorded in Acts 15, 16, uh, according to their understanding and the decision that they made, this was the fulfillment of that promise made in the book of Amos, that the day would come when he would raise up the tabernacle of David that had fallen. And um, so I know uh, my lesson hadn't been very spiritual tonight. But I tell you, I believe it was truthful. I believe I told you the truth about the book of Amos. I hope God will bless it. I hope you got something out of it that will be of some benefit to you. You all pray for me. I need your prayer. Thank you very much. Brother Cole. I want to say publicly how much I love this man. I hope and I pray if the Lord permits me when I'm on up in years that I'm still going and trying to represent God's Word in such a way. He's such an encouragement to me. I thank God for what's been said here tonight and I pray that uh, we continue to hold the plumb line. That it might affect our lives. That we might have an effect in our communities, in the world. It may seem like uh, that a lot of times we're not doing a whole lot of good. But the truth will have its effect. And I'm thankful tonight for the lesson. We love Brother Moran. We appreciate, appreciate him so very much. Appreciate his study tonight and what the Lord has laid on his heart. Let's take about a ten minute recess tonight and let's fellowship one with another and Come and let him know how much we appreciate his lesson. We've got the handouts now. He ain't holding them hostage no more. So we've got the handouts. All right, y'all go ahead. Take about 10.